Hello, I'm Dwayne McCreary. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and today I'm joined by G.B. Hal. G.B., why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about your role here at Lifeway? Sure. Uh, I am the editor of a magazine entitled Biblical Illustrator. It's a quarterly resource that comes out that supports Explore the Bible, Bible Studies for Life, and the Gospel Project. We give background information to help uh, enhance the study session. And what kind of background information? Biblical archaeology, geography, history, culture, warfare, uh, Greek and Hebrew word studies. Is there a place we could go to find out more about this resource? Absolutely. If you go to lifeway.com slash biblical illustrator, you will find samples of articles that we've posted there uh, and other resources. We also have a Twitter feed that is at B underscore illustrator. Okay. I've asked GB to be with us today because he's going to help us get an understanding of the images that we find in Ephesians chapter 6. This is our 13th session, and we're going to be looking at chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. The focus of the lesson is about God provides believers with all the resources needed to live Christ-like lives. In chapter 6, verses 10 through 13, Paul summoned his readers to prepare to take a stand against the devil realizing that the true battle on this earth is with the devil and his evil forces. He explained that God provides spiritual armor for the believer to wear when taking his stand. He identifies, in verses 14 through 17, identifies the armor provided by God, including his word and the truth of the gospel. And GB, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. He ends this section, verses 18 through 20, where he, he's emphasizing the importance of prayer for the person going into spiritual battle and for those already in the battle. He helps us understand that prayer is the means by which the armor is put on and victory is won. So in the middle of all this, you have spiritual warfare, all these kind of things, and you have this image of the armor. In the leader pack, you find pack item 5 and 11. Pack item 5 is a big poster with a soldier on it ready to go into battle. And then pack item 11 works with that poster, and it, it has information about Roman armor. The idea behind this pack item is for you to write with a marker um, where the helmet is. You would do helmet of salvation, the shield, uh, shield of... of uh, um, shield of faith. Shield of faith. The sword to be God's word. You, so you can write those things on there to give you a, a visual perspective of the image that Paul was painting that day. GB, help us understand a little bit more about the armor in Paul's day and maybe some of the history that would get us to that point to understand it a little bit better. Sure. Understand this was very common sight. Ephesus was a major city in uh, Asia Minor. Major roads came through there. Soldiers made their way through Ephesus on a regular basis. Many lived there. So Paul would have been visually very familiar with armor, and so would his readers. They would have understood automatically. When he said, put on the helmet, put on, hold the shield, take the sword, they would have automatically known exactly what that would have looked like. It, it, we, the roots of this are in the Old Testament. I mean, the Old Testament refers to several of these exact same pieces back in uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, uh, God describes himself as Abraham's promised shield. Now, when I think about a shield, I think about something like the size of a garbage can lid. Uh, you go back and look at the archaeological 
uh, renderings of the shields that were used in ancient Near East. We're talking about something that is as big as a, the hood of a 1978 Oldsmobile. I mean, we're talking about something that is massive. God completely covers us. Now, the, in, in the Roman era, they did have shields. They were large, uh, not as big as the hood of a car, but they were large enough that the, it gave complete protection for the soldier's body. So it's a moving foxhole. A <laughs> moving foxhole. That's a great analogy. Uh, it, this is something that every single soldier would have had with him. It's, it's interesting because if you look at that list that is in, Eph- in Ephesians chapter 6, part of what he tells them is to um, stand with the truth like a belt around your waist. And one of the things that I found out is that the soldier put on that belt only in the moment he was ready for battle. It is somebody who is expecting, anticipating, knowing he's about to step into battle. And I think that's a powerful image that Paul gives that we are involved in a spiritual battle and it's going on right now. It's active. It is active. And the the marvelous thing is, if you look back at verse 13, he says, take up the full armor of God. I'm glad that God gives us full armor. He gives us every single thing that we need to step into this spiritual battle. So we really can't discount the idea that some people are in battle and some are not. Cannot. And God wants us to be fully equipped. He gives us every single thing that we could possibly um, need. He describes in verse 15 the feet that are sandaled with the readiness of the gospel of peace. You you said you saw some of these. Mm -hmm. Uh, Evidently this style is coming back in, in vogue. Who would have thought after 2,000 years? These had little knobs in the bottom of them that gave them sure footing. And they're not going to be vulnerable when they're in the middle of all of this warfare. So to me, the, the imagery is powerful. It, it, it shows that God has done every single thing that He needs to do to he- make sure that we are completely prepared for the spiritual battle we're in. GB, this idea of battle, throughout Scripture, um, God is portrayed as a warrior. How does that truth help us understand the nature of God, Him as a warrior? First of all, I think it speaks to the power of the God we know, we love, and we serve. He is not intimidated by forces or by evil. It says something about the power of His character. I think it also says something about the fact of His sufficiency for us that he wants us to be completely, um, have everything that we need as we step into this battle. He is, he is all that we need in this spiritual battle. And, and Dwayne, we can't do it on our own. We, we don't have that power. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So, so this idea of warrior points to his power, points to his sufficiency. Sufficiency for us. And also kind of points to him being engaged in it. Our, we're, we're not going out there by ourselves. He's... We're behind him. He's leading the way. And aren't we glad of that? Yeah. Absolutely. In verse 18, Paul focused on the idea of prayer, to pray at all times. Mm-hmm. The role of prayer sometimes gets ignored in our lives. Um, I'm guilty of that. What are some things we can do where we might be able to overcome that tendency for us to ignore it and do what Paul says here, pray at all times? That would be important for us to pray at all times if we're in battle at all times. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that our first prayer has to be, God help us to be sensitive. 
Help us to recognize that we are stepping into a battle. And for us to develop a sensitivity of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us that, that, oh my word, this is not somebody or something that is opposing me on a personality level. This is coming against me on a spiritual level. And God helped me to be sensitive to that. And once we begin to develop that sensitivity, then we recognize that God is sufficient. We've got to depend on Him. It just, is the word to use compels us? It compels us to go to our Father in prayer. Forces us to. It does. We we cannot do it on our own. Do you think that in some ways in the Western culture that we discount the spiritual dimension of challenges we face in this life, and why do you think we might do that? Dwayne, I really believe we do. We are raised in a culture that says, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And and that is exactly what people want to do. They want to be able to handle this on their own. And I think that that creates within us a false sense of sufficiency. We, We cannot handle this battle. We're talking about forces of darkness. And and when we are facing that, apart from our Lord, there's no way that we can enter into that battle and walk out victoriously. Do you think that we believe the devil is real? I do, and I I hope that people do. I'm I'm sad for those who don't. I I believe that's probably what gives them that false sense of self-sufficiency. Oh, I can do this. I, I, you know... But if we're going to believe in God, then we do that based on what God has revealed in His Word. And God believed in the devil. Yeah, Paul, Paul obviously <laughs> believes in or he wouldn't be, be, be uh, addressing it here. Sometimes it seems to me that we think of the devil as a guy with a red suit and a long tail, and we don't realize that he was crafty enough to get a third of the angels to follow him. And these are angels who had seen the throne of God. Absolutely. Um, that's a scary power. It is. And, and what we've done is we've turned him into nothing more than a caricature. And when we have done that, we have diminished who he is, his ability, his presence, and his strength, all of which are dangerous. In light of who we are, in, but not in light of who God is. That's exactly right. So that's why this lesson is so important for us to think about this idea that we are in a spiritual battle. It is a real battle. It is. It's not some imagined thing, but it is a real battle and we have to think of it in those terms and consider it as a real thing. Exactly. GB, anything else you would want to, to bring out about this particular part of Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20? I think one of the marvelous things, if you think about Roman soldiers, no Roman soldier ever went into battle by himself. There was always troops. And, and the marvelous thing is that we are called to be a part of the body of Christ. We're to be individually prepared, But the great news is we don't have to face it by ourselves. There are brothers and sisters in Christ sitting in Bible study with us, sitting in in small group with us, sitting in church with us. And and the good thing is that all of us can put our shields together. We can uh, fight with uh, the enemy together. We don't have to do that under our own abilities. He has given us, if the word is reinforcement, he has given that to us in our relationships that we have in Christ. So that reinforces the value of us being involved in a Bible study group and being involved in a local congregation where we can stand with other believers to face the challenges and these battles that we face on a spiritual level. Absolutely. 
GB, thank you for visiting with me today. I appreciate it. This concludes our study of Ephesians. We'll be looking at Numbers in Deuteronomy beginning next week. I'm excited about looking at Numbers in Deuteronomy. Ephesians has been a great study, but in Numbers in Deuteronomy, we find all kinds of stories that give us context. One of the things that we'll look at is the serpent in the wilderness being raised on a staff. And if we don't fully understand that story, then we really don't get a glimpse of the conversation that took place between Jesus and Nicodemus. It helps us understand John chapter three by studying the events that were in Numbers and Deuteronomy. Thank you much and God bless.